0: Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast it's the football podcast. Everybody's here. Everybody's talking football, reviewing football, predicting football, talking about football. What more could you possibly want from a football podcast? The 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 clue's in the name, it's a football podcast, people. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Like I say, the biggest one is share the podcast around. If you've got a football fan in your life, send this podcast their way. They might love it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. <coughs>
1: recording in progress oh hi there didn't see you come in pull up a chair sit down and enjoy the dulcet tones of the cookie cast podcast network boys bringing you yet another week of football based nonsense welcome on in ladies and gentlemen it's your football podcast back again Uh, i'm joined by the three lovely gentlemen that you see On your screen, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, Mr Andrew Cook, Mr Matthew Moore and Mr Stuart Woodman. See how are we this week, fellas?
2: Good. Ready for some some actual football.
1: football. Yeah, as discussed discussed last week, uh, it was the international break. So, uh, only two games to cover from last week. Uh, We'll jump right in with the first one, which took place on Friday night and was England versus Australia. Uh, Sadly, I uh, was unable to uh, watch this as I was... um, just watching other stuff. No. To elaborate. So, it sounds uh, it sounds like a sound... perfectly logical excuse to me. Um. think well, it was game with, with absolutely no sort of, um, you know, jeopardy to it. So it was a case of uh, I'd rather just catch up on the the, the Beckham documentary. Oh watched a bit of
2: football related stuff then. Yeah. I was going to say, did this, watch, hey, this is brilliant, also watch the so, yeah. Well, we, in, in this house, I have two very excited boys who were very much looking forward to watching England play. Um, they were probably, truthfully, slightly more disappointed when they realised it wasn't the England women's team. Um, <coughs> but, still, uh, they realised that it wasn't a school night on Friday, so... like, oh, can can we watch the first half? It's like, yeah? Your funeral. (laughs) Yeah. So we watched watched the first half. They were absolutely white. They went to bed. And then five minutes after the restart, having not seen a goal for the entire first half, um, Jack Grealish pulled the ball across the box, which was definitely a shot. And Ollie Watkins slid in at the back post to make it 1-0 to England. And then seemed to be like, oh, I'm sorry, it was going wide. I mean, it definitely was going wide, but Jack Grealish did not think that was going wide when he hits it. No, he was Um, not happy. And then nothing else happened.
1: So, England, 1-0 winners over Australia. None of the borough players even got on the pitch as far as i was as aware so um that'll be the reason why i didn't bother with that that game so england 1-0 with watkins scoring the goal predictions wise we all had gone for an england win so we each get a point for that Uh, andy had gone rashford and kane to get the goals the 2-0 win stew had gone bowen and foden to get the goals for a 2-0 win sadly no bonus points for those two I'd gone for a 2 0 with Enketia and Watkins. So it was a bonus for the goal scorer. Matt had gone four one. Two for Kane, one for Bellingham, one for Watkins. And a Luongo goal for Australia. So it also gets himself a bonus point. So two points for me, two points for Matt, one point apiece for Mr Womansey and Mr Cook. The important game of the international break, as it were, was an it was a European Uh, European Championships 2024 qualifier against Italy Uh, England went into this knowing that I believe a draw would be good enough to see them through but a win would definitely win I believe win the group potentially or certainly get them guarantee them at least a top two finish um and that's exactly what happened they actually ran out 3-1 winners in this one however they did go behind um I felt they started this one as the better team for the first twenty 20 25 minutes, and then Italy kind of caught him on the break somewhat. Um, I okay. believe the I believe the the move started when uh, Harry Kane was trying to close down um, Gianluigi Donnarumma, uh, and he quite turned him pretty much out of his boots uh, to, to uh, then just play the ball off and then start the move that led to the Italy goal. Um, I can't remember what the name of the right back was, but he might have been the right back, he was the number two, so I'm just assuming he was the right back. Um popped up, strange enough, on the right hand side, drilled the ball across for Skamaka to um, it said I, I think it said on the uh, on the BBC website that he tapped home. If that's a tap, I would love to meet someone who hits it with like about the you know force of a thousand suns. He absolutely
3: rasped that ball. <laughs> That's <good. laughs> his, his full blasters, are net rippers, they just flying what? through the net. What? He, Abs- that was hammered home. <laughs>
1: Absolute rip snorter. I mean, it, it was it was one of those ones that kind of hit the roof, but the back of the net. It felt like as well. So had the uh, had the stanchions and stuff not been put up correctly, I believe that would have taken the net out. Uh, so England fell behind. Um, they equalised. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out and say it. I don't think it was a penalty. Personally, it was. I it, think, it... I think there's arguable evidence on the replay that the guy gets the ball at the same time that Bellingham's foot makes contact with the ball at the same time, and it's just the fact that his then follow through sort of. Catches the bottom of Bellingham's foot. So you're, saying is... there was, so you're saying there was contact? Yeah, I'm saying that. But I'm
3: saying if that if that penalty was given against England, people would go apeshit. It's it's one of those ones where it could go both ways. If they wouldn't have given the penalty, then if the if the ref hadn't had given a penalty, then they probably wouldn't have given a penalty. But the ref gave a penalty, and they were like, "Well, there's no not enough evidence to turn it over." It would be. Yeah. I didn't, they didn't show enough of the angle of once Bellingham slash Italian person gets ball, how far the ball over ran. Because if there was a potential for Bellingham to, because he'd gone down, so he wasn't getting up to get the ball. If Bellingham would, would have been able to stay on his feet, would he've he got the ball to put it in the net? That that that's the only thing like that's the only thing that would suggest to me. That's a penalty because, and um, but we didn't see that angle enough, I don't think so. If they would have shown it at a wider angle, could Bellingham have got the ball anyway if he would have, would have kept his feet? Um, yeah, no. But it's one of them ones, either way, whatever way it would have been given, if they hadn't given the penalty, everyone would have been furious that they hadn't given the penalty. If they did, they gave the penalty, people are probably questioning it kind of thing. It's one of them. Yeah. It's one of them damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of things with yeah. the AR as well.
1: Yeah, and I and I agree with your comment there. I think it's that sort of one. If it hadn't have been given on the field, I don't think it would have been overturned to have given the penalty, like you yeah. said. I think that I don't think there was enough evidence there to say who technically touched the ball first. So, obviously, penalty given via check. It seemed to go on for a lot longer than like a few decisions to get checked, um, and then obviously it was decided that it was that we going to stick with the on-field decision. So obviously. Captain uh, Captain Padder himself, as I believe he's known on this podcast, picks up the ball, sticks it on the spot, dutifully dispatches the ball to bring England level. That's so how it stayed at half time. Then moving into the second half, the second goal for England. Um, it, it's down as a Rashford goal. This was all Jude Bellingham. He uh, he tracked back. To do an excellent sliding tackle on the edge of the box to break up an Italian attack and then just I, I don't think I've ever seen an England player run like that I, just two balls that were arguably 60-40 in the Italian's favour that he managed to get on the end of and nip away from the Italian guys on both occasions and then he just carried his run on, played the ball out to Rashford on the left, who cut inside, kept going, kept going, kept going until he got basically to the edge of the box and then just smashed it past the keeper, who had no chance at that point. I, always, I, I said this in, the, in our little group chat, I think the keeper's always on a bit of a hide to nothing there because as soon as the guy is able to get the ball moving and then out of his feet, You know he's going to hit it so hard that the keeper's going to have to either break his hands getting him in the way or he's not going to get anywhere near it. So as soon as Rashford got it out of his feet, you knew he was going to score. But hats off to Bellingham for his his role in the goal because you just... Incredible play from him. It's, It's scary how good he is and he's 20 years old.
3: I was I was concerned when I came down. I didn't see the start of the game, uh, but I came down and one of the ones where I couldn't see him on the pitch. And I was like, if he hadn't started, and Calvin Phillips has, then I'm going to be absolutely furious here. And then and then he did something. He's like, all right, okay, everything's everything's kind of okay with the world. I'm still furious about Calvin Phillips starting, <laughs> but you know, but he's he's still there playing.
1: It does it does seem though. It, it's. In the space of like the sort of the, the six months or so since he's transferred through to Real Madrid, he's he's been removed from that sort of deep lying position that he, that he was playing for England and he's now part of the front four. But I don't know if it's gonna be if he's gonna be one of those players that sort of plays in the sort of the front four in behind the striker and then in the games where England play against if they came up against a France A Belgium, someone that's like you know, like a top level sort of opposition. If he's going to be the sort of player that he drops in to sort of make more of a sort of a three in the middle of the park with say Rice, maybe Mason Mount, more than likely Calvin Phillips for some unknown reason.
2: And if he's going to play there. On the back of the Calvin Phillips thing, did anybody pick up on the uh, post-game interview where they were having a genuine conversation about the fact he was getting minutes for England so that he could then maybe get minutes for his club side? It works the other way around, you morons. This is not how this game works. I thought
1: it was quite funny. Were, it, was, it was quite funny when they were basically saying to him, so does this mean you'll be going back to uh, Pep and saying... Ooh, can I have some more game time, please, sir? Or uh, or would you do you know do you reckon you might need to like you know look for a move in January or something like that? I was like, Jesus Christ! Just 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 tell him to call his manager and he couldn't. You know, whilst he's there, if you if you don't <laughs> want to like basically, perfect, you know. the, his perfect response would have been like, Why would I? It's working. <laughs> say, well, clearly Gareth doesn't think I need first team football, so uh, rest up I don't for the think big know What I do. To be honest, what he should have done was, he should have come out and said, well, I could have chased the bag like Jordan's done, but um, no, I'm going to stick around, actually. Uh, just going to stay here in England and uh, see how I get on. Um, so it was 2-1 to England, and at that point, Italy were left chasing the game a little bit. Um, uh, Harry Kane got the third. kind of, I've kind of sort of drifted off at this point, but I believe he picked the body. He, he sort of chased the guy down on the right-hand side. Um, managed to win the ball off him and then just sort of drove towards the area, managed to hold the guy off and then just slipped it uh, over yeah. over uh, Donnarumma to make it 3-1.
2: That's exactly it. It was another one of them balls where it was like 60-40 in the Italians' favour um, and he managed to just get a toe end on it and sort of like get by him. And then he pulled across more sort of centrally on the edge of the 18-yard box it was almost like a like a rugby style handoff. He just proper straight like straight arm. Just like the guy was getting nowhere near him. And then as Donnarumma came out, he kind of like for want of a non FIFA FC twenty four expression, sort of finesse finished it over the keeper. Like curled it in. It looked it looked good. It, like he took it well.
1: It, it was it was a strange one because watching it. I mean like I don't know about you guys but Kane's never been like sort of one as like known for blistering pace so as soon as he started working his way towards a goal I and mean, there was two guys trying to close him down I was like well we know where this is gonna work There's no way he's no he's going to be able to hold off both of them. and the fact that he did I don't know maybe maybe he's like fueled by Erdinger or something now that he's working, now that he's living in there uh, well, it'll be Paul Lanner in Munich, he, I suppose
2: Maybe maybe he's realised that Bellingham's only twenty years old and that goal scoring thing might not actually be that far <laughs> out of reach. Maybe. Maybe.
3: So that's
1: how it finished. Three one to England. England qualified now for Euro twenty twenty four. I mean, even if they hadn't been in Italy here, the last two games are against North Macedonia and Malta to finish the group off. So with the greatest respect to both of those teams, I think that's more than likely another six points in England top in the group um, predictions wise Stu was the least optimistic of all of us and had gone for a 1-1 draw so something doesn't get any points for the result uh, he did however pick Kane to score for England and Raspadori for Italy so get some one bonus point for a goal scorer myself Matt and Andy had all picked 2-1 England wins so get ourselves a point for that um, we'd all picked Kane as part of our goal scorer as well I had Kane and Bowen, Matt had Kane and Bellingham, Andy had Kane and Watkins. Sadly, none of us had Scamacca from Italy. So, to end the week, I had two points from both games, so four points for me. Stu had one point from both games, two points for him. Andy had a point from the first game, two points from the second game, three points. Matt, same as me, two points from each game. So we tie on four points a week. We move swiftly on to real football, domestic football. And we start in the creme de la creme of domestic football, as it were. Oh, no, sorry. We'll start in the Premier League. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Nottingham Forest taking on Luton Town. Mr. Moore's team. He will therefore go last. We will start. I've gone for a two-nil Nottingham Forest win on this one. I've gone for Hudson Adoy and Gibbs White to score the goals. I'm clearly all in on the double barrelers for the weekend. Uh, Andy, what have you got for this first
0: game? Forest two-one. Two. One. two. What? Go Scorers? Uh, I wasn't passing up the opportunity to say Wood, uh, But like you are, I have also gone for hudson Adoy. Uh, for Luton, I have gone with Morris
1: Ah, dirty,
2: cheating, Clinton-Morris
1: Stu?
2: Bit of a mixture of both I have got Forest 2-1 and I've got hudson Adoy, so a hat-trick of hudson Adoy so far, and Gibbs-White, so the same two goal scorers that Paul has picked, but I've also got Morris for Luton, and when you said dirty, dirty cheating, Carlton Morris, that is the exact reason that I picked him, because he is a shit house. i <laughs> will oh, meet his match this weekend. <laughs> of course, we'll, uh, we'll always be uh,
1: in the bad books of this particular podcast, as he... Cheated to win a penalty against the Borough last season, so um, for that guy, uh, Matthew, how is your team going to do this year, se- uh, this season, this weekend? See, <laughs> well,
3: we've, gone, we've gone back this week. Apparently we've gone back <laughs> thirteen weeks. Lovely. Well, I was listening to a Forest podcast the other day, and Darren Fletcher, TMT commentator and not so subtle Forest fan, said that Forest need to stop calling these must-win games. You know they're not must-win games, but if they want to be seen as a decent team in the league, this is a should-win game. These are games where you should win. You spend 30 odd million on a on a midfielder or two midfielders, so nearly 80 million on two midfielders. You should be beating teams like Luton because those two players, well, probably one of those players is worth all of their squad, and they've signed Andros Townsend on a free this uh, this week. So congratulations. Uh, but I've gone for a two-one win. I resisted the uh, to t- to go one step step further than Andy and have Elanga Wood, um, but uh, I've gone for Elanga and Morgan gives White. <laughs> well, um, your Luton goal scorer, uh, I've gone for the shit house, Morris. God, I really hope you not score,
1: mainly for the fact that I won't get any points in it. <laughs> uh, our next game takes us into the creme de la creme of English competition. It is, of course, the championship, ladies and gentlemen. We see Hull City taking on Southampton. There I ask, will the Woodman Seas be in attendance as it's a home game? Correct, we will. It will indeed. We'll come
3: to him for his prediction last. Matt, what have you got for this one? I'm really sorry. I've gone for a Southampton 3-1 win. Big score. really hit their stride recently. Your goal scorer for Hull? The lap. And your three potential goal scorers for Southampton? I think I predicting, predicted him to be the championship top scorer, so I've got Adam Armstrong with two. Yeah, and is it Teller, Nathan is
1: it Nathan Teller hmm. uh, I don't think so, I think he ended up going to, he got a transfer I think to Bayer Leverkusen oh. <laughs> um, I mean I can put him down but it seems unlikely that he'll be scoring, it seems unlikely he's going to score you know,
3: crack one in from, uh, from Germany <laughs> going to ask questions yeah. of the keeper if that one goes in Che Adams is there I'll go then, I'll go with him. I thought he'd left, but I'll go She
0: Adams. What we stuffed. Andy. Um I've got a one old draw.
1: Okay.
0: Uh I've gone with Syed and Manesh for Hull. And yes. like like Matt, I've got Armstrong.
1: I, too, have gone for a draw, but I've gone for 2-2 two, two on this one. I've gone for DeLap and Philogene for Hull, Armstrong and Adams for Southampton. How oh, do you reckon it's going to pan
2: out, Stu? Uh, I, somewhat optimistically, have gone for a one-all draw as well. Interesting. Uh, I have DeLap and Armstrong. Although, you picking DeLap and Philogene might not be a, a bad duo, considering that they both scored for the... Uh, England was it under 21s or under 25s. They linked up, assisted yeah, each other in the week. Yeah.
0: Just, just the
1: nine for the under 21s against, was that against North Macedonia? Serbia, wasn't it? Serbia? Was it Serbia? Uh, yes, uh, anchored in the midfield by uh, Middlesbrough's Hayden Hackney. And played at Forest. Well, and it was played at the there. City Ground, of course. We should have, uh, we probably should have we we done that game, really. Put a bit more effort in. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. He's gone. Better look, ne- better look next time, eh? <laughs> yeah. uh, our next game seems my lot, Middlesbrough taking on, as they'll probably be referred to from now until the end of the season, Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City. Uh, Birmingham took the decision to sack John Eustace, even though they were in sixth
3: position in the league. Seems a bit ridiculous. And had won oh, three-one and four-one they've like, not even had a bad run of
2: results, it absolutely smacked nope. a couple of days, nope. which is mental. So but, so well, on, that, on, on that note as well, I was listening to the radio last uh, Saturday, and it was the, um, the kickabout on Radio X, so the, they talk anything but sport normally, um, however, this one bit of sport cropped up, and it was the Wayne Rooney thing, and they said something to do with the fact that it's because he has a winner's mentality, so they took it upon themselves to work out the statistics of him as a manager, and he he hasn't even got like a thirty-five percent win ratio. So, um, yeah, it's because Tom Brady saw him once in America. That's all it is. I mean, like, it's, yeah, he's he's clearly he's clearly been given the job
1: based entirely on his name and not his managerial ability. Sadly, Yeah um obviously it's my team so i will go last um matt what have you got for
3: this one i've got two one borough okay uh latte laugh and fours yeah and bakuna we'll get a
1: lovely reception for the borough fans i believe because his first name is janino Interesting. Uh, Andy, what have you got?
0: Uh, same as Matt, apart from no goal for Birmingham. 2-zip. Two 2-zip, two laugh and 4s. Uh, Stu. I've got 2-2.
2: Two, two. Uh, I've got Barlazer and Coburn for Borough. Yeah. And Dembélé and Stansfield for Birmingham. Sneaking
1: Dembélé. I have also gone for a draw. I've gone for one one on this one. I've gone for Coburn and Stansfield. It's a very similar to Mr. Woodmancy there. Yeah, I don't know. I just get a bit of a strange feeling about this. Obviously, Boro coming. It's on great form. Probably one of those occasions where you didn't want the. Um, the international break to sort of break up the momentum. Um, you never can tell with like new managers. I always feel like when a team loses in the change manager, you get the new manager bounce. But when a team's doing well and they bring in the bringing a new manager, it's almost the complete opposite of that, and it disrupts it and it kind of sometimes goes against them. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see on that one. Uh, next up, it's everyone's favourite club, Shrewsbury Town, taking on. Derby County. Um, obviously, we, we, won't, we won't dwell on this one. Um, it's Mr. Cook's team in the biggest set of inverted commas we've ever used on the podcast. Um, so he will go last. I'll dive straight in here. I've gone for a 1 1 draw on this one. I've gone for Bayless
2: to score for Shrewsbury and Collins for Derby. Stu? I'm hoping Shrewsbury can do us a favour. So I've gone for Shrewsbury 1, Derby nil with Fleming to score. Because obviously, Hull City player. Ah! Good lad. Matt? Ugh,
3: I've gone for a 2 0 Derby win. Goal scorers? Wagon and Collins. Andrew, how are,
1: and I, I use this term very loosely, your boys going to get on?
0: One nil to Shrewsbury. Bowman to score. It, it it needs to happen at some point. We've got to get off this team. So let's let's hurry it up and well, well it we'll we'll now.
1: introduce a we'll introduce a rule where if, if they've not if they've not lost for like ten games on the spin, we get to lucky dip another team as well. Do me. That's the run of Saturday games over. So we move to the midweek fixtures. The first of which sees Norwich City taking on Middlesbrough. My team, I will therefore go last. Stu, what have you got for this
2: one? Um, Unfortunately for you, Paul, I have got a Norwich 3, Middlesbrough 1. I've got Gibbs, uh, Sarah or Sarah and Ida. Or Ida. I'm not. I I couldn't work out the pronunciation. And then for Borough, I've got McGree. One that I can't pronounce. Don't know if he's still injured. Well, he had a rest against England, didn't he? So he can pull his finger out. Okay. He's got another few days after the weekend to, I don't know, tuck it back in or whatever's wrong with him. Then be fine. Just to clarify, you said
1: Gibbs for the first one, not Gibson. Gibbs. Yeah, in Barry. Uh,
3: Matt. I've gone for a one-all draw. Yep. Uh, Rowe and Jones. Andrew?
0: 0-1 to Borough. Goal scorer? Uh, Latte Laugh. I too
1: have decided to go optimistic on this one. I've gone for 2-1 to the Borough. Rowe to score for Norwich. Crooks and Latte Laugh. For the borough. Did I say row for the borough? I meant row for knowledge Um, two games left. Uh, our next one is Derby versus Exeter. But before we get to that, we are just going to take a small break just to uh refresh, revitalise, re energise, and we'll get back and we'll predict our last two games for you right there. Just bear with us. Recording in progress. That's right, welcome on back in, ladies and gentlemen. So two games to go. The second to last one is Derby County versus Exeter City. I've gone for a one 0 Exeter win on this one, mainly because I wanted to say the goal scorer, Admiral Musque. What a name.
2: Stu? Unfortunately, I've got Derby three nil, Collins two, and Waghorn. Hopefully, it won't matter by the time we get to that game because, in theory, Truesdale are beating them. So, yeah, but from the for the book perspective, it'll still count for the predictions. What? Yeah, uh, yeah, but if they've lost, nobody will care. That is true. Uh, I've gone for a three-one
3: Derby win.
1: scorers I thought a, was just a, a, a line of hate.
3: Waghorn, Hurrahan, and Collins. And Mitchell to score for Exeter. Mitchell? Yeah.
0: Andrew? I thought I thought you'd taken my uh, my joke initially because I've gone with a one uh, a nil one Exeter win, and I wasn't passing up the opportunity to say, "Cox,
1: apologies to absolutely no Derby County fans out there. Um, support a better team. Last game of the week." sees Birmingham City taking on Hull City. So Hull very much having a big old helping of Middlesbrough's sloppiest seconds there for uh, Wayne Rooney's second game in charge and of course the first home game of the Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City era. Um, it is of course Mr. Mr Woodman's team, therefore he will go last. Um I'll just jump in here and give my bridge. I've gone for a nil-one with Traore to score the goal. Matt, what have you gone for this one? I've gone for one all draw.
3: Dembele and Slater. Dembele and? Slater. Slater, sorry.
2: Yeah. I have a a feeling he might be injured still. Slater. Hmm.
3: Uh, I'll go to Lap then. Okay, two minutes.
2: He um he did he did something in the Millwall game, and he's not been. I know I know we've had the break, but um, I think I think that might be for me personally that'd be one of the ones where if Slater starts, go with that for, for the prediction. But it's worth dropping the backup in the book. I'll go.
3: I'll go to
0: Lap. Andrew. Nil two. Goal De La- scorers? Delap and Connolly. Oh dear.
1: Go just on then, Steve. Tell us how it's going
2: to go. Well, I don't mean to alarm anybody, but I'm predicting Birmingham nil, Hull City one, and just to welcome a really short, angry man back to the uh, English shores of football, I have predicted another very short, angry man in Aaron Connelly to score the goal. (laughs) Good lord. You
1: silly, silly heroic individual. That brings us to the end of the predictions part of the podcast. I do believe that Mr Woodmansey has uh, done the honourable thing of getting us the Odds information that we uh, we now like to bring to you each week on the podcast.
2: So, uh, yep. you go ahead, sir. So we will start with the the good, the good news in the sense of for the win lo- win lose or draw situations. All three teams to win. Um, obviously, I don't include Derby in this uh, situation because uh, who in the right mind would? Uh, I've gone. So, obviously, Hull, Middlesbrough and Forest to win is currently 7-1. to one. So, pretty low for um, considering because that... Um, because one Fulham of the games
1: is Southampton.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Um, all three teams to draw. A little bit higher in the All Odds situation. 54.2-1. to one. Um, I did put 50p on that, so uh, we'll be looking at £27.60 if it happens. And then um, the the sad news will be is if all the teams lose, but then the odds are even higher for that seemingly, at 59 to 1. Um, That that must be mainly made up of the loop. game. Well, uh, Luton to win is 24 to 5, so yes, Yes, that is right. (laughs) A shade under five to one—that is ridiculous. Yeah. Southampton to win is thirteen to ten, and Birmingham to win is seven to two. So obviously, they're expecting Southampton to be a lot nearer to the mark than Luton or Birmingham. So. As it were then, from a, from a
1: predictions perspective, get your uh, money on the draw, it would seem. That would be the where uh, the, the smart money would go,
2: sort of, in a weird well, 50, 50 pence of it went to the draws, and I say that'll reap £27.60 if it does indeed happen. Mm. Um, and I'm going straight to the pub after the game on Saturday, so uh, if it does... you love to see it. That
1: now does bring us to the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to thank these three wonderful fellas for joining me once again to uh, take you through the ins and outs, ups and downs of Middlesbrough, Nottingham, Forest and Hull. Sadly, we're not just doing the downs of, uh, of Derby County, but you know, we can but hope for the, for the week that that is the case. Fingers crossed. Join us again next week. Where we'll break it all down and do it all again for your entertainment and our occasional misery. It's uh, it seems to be at certain times, uh, depending on how uh, how the results pan out. Until then, though, stay well, and we'll see you same time next week. Goodbye.
0: So there we go. What do you think of that? Another week of games gone. Another week of games to come. Thank you for watching, thank you for listening if you want to get in on the action you can let us know who you think is going to win the games, drop us a line you can do that by jumping to the website finding the social media links or even just clicking the email button, the website is before you go please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment, leave reviews where you can leave reviews share the podcast around, that's the one that we like, share the podcast around that's it for this one until next time i'm going to say bye and i'll see you then
3: thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football if you've enjoyed this episode please like share and subscribe